the 17th of February 2012. Danger on the streets, lock up your children, there's not a moment to spare. Australians demonstrate their stupidity and complete lack of class by proposing fucked up names for satellites and in an effort to become relevant to important media issues, a food review. This is the 9pm Edict. Well, we had a thunderstorm at Wentworth Falls today, a big one. And even though the cab driver got me to within two metres of the veranda, I got saturated. This has not improved the throatiness of my throat, hence the throaty throatness of it. My throat, that is. The podcast itself is not throaty. I don't even know what that might even mean. Fucking great start to the episode. This is The Police. No, the other kind. Yeah, right, lame joke. Well, it's in the past now, so you can forget about it. Move on. The New South Wales Police. Now, this story is nearly two weeks old now, but it was only run by the Sydney Morning Herald, as far as I can tell, and most of the seven billion humans who could potentially listen to this podcast don't read the Herald, so it's still news, right? The New South Wales Police, uh, says the Herald, have been lecturing parents who let their children walk to the shops or catch a bus on their own. Senior police have been saying incidents will be reported to the Department of Community Services if a child is considered at risk. Officers told a Hornsby mother it was inappropriate for her 10-year-old daughter to catch a bus unaccompanied. All this is bullshit. Uh, The Australian Council for Educational Research, uh, they did a study. They found 40% of city parents thought it safe for primary school-aged children to go to school alone. Someone needs to remind the New South Wales police that we live in the safest times in human history ever. And if kids don't start learning how to look out for themselves, how to take responsibility, how to deal with dangers, the rare but, yes, real dangers that are out there, then what kind of wimped-out hell future are we going to have? I mean, remember, these kids will be running the world when you're in an old folks' home and need to have your failed sphincter ass wiped out three times a day. Do you think they're going to do it if they can't even, like, walk down the street? Now, I won't go on and on about this. Yes, there's a surprise, but I will point you to three things I've linked to from the website. One, a map showing four generations of a family living in Sheffield in the UK, how their range of action, as it were, when they were nine years old, was reduced from six miles to three-tenths of two-fifths of fuck all. In 1919, nine-year-old George could walk six miles to go fishing by himself. But by 2007... Nine-year-old Ed isn't allowed to walk past the end of his street without being driven by an adult in a car. And how far is that? 300 metres. Two, a piece I wrote about the stuff I did as a nine-year-old on a farm. Three, free-range kids, a great site that believes in safe kids. Quote, we believe in helmets, car seats and safety belts. We do not believe that every time school-aged children go outside, they need a security detail. Well, here, here. What does please me, yes, something actually does please me, is that plenty of the parents I know are giving their kids responsibilities. So maybe we're not going to be as fucked up as I fear. Well, that would be pretty damn excellent. Right, some things that would have been proper segments in this episode if it hadn't been delayed so long, if it wasn't too hard to write, or if I could have been 
bothered. Uh, the New South Wales Police again. On the 2nd of February, they issued a media release headed, If It's Flooded, Forget It. Uh, a warning, uh, what with all the floods that have been happening, not to try to cross flooded creeks. The water is probably deeper and faster flowing and generally more dangerous than you think. You could get into trouble, you could be killed, and indeed some people have been killed. Terribly, terribly tragic. Yeah, nah, fuck it. The slogan should be, If It's Flooded, Fang It. Rev up the car, charge into that flooded creek and let natural selection take over. Uh, from Jason Clear, MP, Minister for Home Affairs, a media release on the 1st of February saying uh, some $3 million of assets taken from criminals will be used to clean up graffiti. Graffiti is the scourge of a lot of local communities, he said. A scourge? What the fuck? Let's break out the trusty old Macquarie by clicking on the button here. It's about $30 a year for the online version of the Macquarie Dictionary and Thesaurus. Way good. Scourge. Here we are. One, a whip or lash, especially for the infliction of punishment or torture. Torture. Graffiti is torture. It'd be like waterboarding with turpentine, I suppose. Nope, that's not it. Two, any means of punishment. That's a bit broad. No, no one's punished by graffiti. Three, a cause of affliction or calamity. Uh, maybe, but it's kind of overstating the severity of this calamity thing. I'd have thought, oh no, I will have to get a can of paint and clean the graffiti and my property values are plummeting because class. For fuck's sake, do a bit of travelling and find out what a real calamity is. It's a cocktail, I think. Four, a harassing dictatorial person, especially a woman. Uh, no, that's not the graffiti I know. Five, to whip with a scourge or a lash. Well, no, you can't whip anything with graffiti. Please insert a joke here about whipped cream and real estate agents. Six, to punish or chastise severely, afflict or tormented, tormented by graffiti. Oh, harden the fuck up. Seven, to be a scourge, uh, say a medical term might be uh, a scourge on a, a particular region. That just means to be prevalent, you know, just a bit of it about. Well, what a seriously devalued word that is, Jason Clare MP, because the word comes from the Middle English, uh, from Anglo-French, escorge, from the late Latin excoriare, to strip off the hide. Yes, strip your hide off with excruciating pain and blood and gore and much wailing and gnashing of teeth to... Oh, yeah, there's a bit of it about. For fuck's sake, what's wrong with this government? Well, that was actually a rather kind of a long bit, wasn't it? That could have been a whole segment, huh? Uh, Senator Penny Wong, the finance minister, keeps sending me media releases about what Tony Abbott has said. Note to government, Tony Abbott is the leader of the opposition. By repeating what he says and responding to it, you let him frame the debate. Just ignore him. Uh, this backpacker the other day on the train, she had her crap, which was just one relatively small backpack compared to the kind of camel size apparatus that some of these backpackers seem to take around with them. I mean, what sort of shit do they have in there? And then another small thing took up four fucking seats on the train. And that wasn't the bad part. The bad part was the tattoo on her foot. It read, explore, dream, discover. Oh, I'm just clubbing to death now. And do you remember some time ago I said that I agreed with the Daily Telegraph but never got around to explaining why? Good.
The other day, the uh, National Broadband Network Company signed a deal to buy two new communications satellites to provide broadband to the most dispersed uh, 3% of the Australian population. Uh, 600 and something million dollars it's going to cost and all that's been in the NBN plan all along. But two things happened that proved to me the lack of imagination amongst the Australian people. One, the inevitable Political crap with the opposition saying, well, we didn't have to buy new satellites. There's new ones being built all the time and they have plenty of capacity and it's cheaper to rent than buy and all that stuff. Well, that last bit's kind of cute since your typical Liberal Party voter looks down their nose at people who rent houses rather than buy them. But nowhere in that dialogue did anyone bring out actual facts and figures about the traffic load on satellites and all that kind of stuff. Nice to see uh, Senator Conroy, the communications minister, call them out about all that, asking him to name, well, uh, if there's plenty of capacity, perhaps you could name the satellites, who's launching them and what uh, frequency band they'll be operating in and what's, what orbital position and how much of that uh, capacity will be directed towards Australia. Yes, well, that's politics, a realm totally divorced from facts. The second thing was a call... Uh, to name the two satellites and uh, enrolled the tweets and this stuff. Jesus, make sure there's no sharp objects close at hand here, folks. So much of these suggestions were people's desperately cliched imaginings of what constitutes Australian culture, like pie and sauce. Great names for two satellites, isn't it? Or Boulder Lily Court Marsh. Apparently that's about cricket. Chisel and ACDC because they're apparently the only two types of, of music Australians like. Uh, there was a lot of stuff along those lines, actually. Barnsey and Mossy and things like that. I'd, whatever. Charger and Monaro. Cars. Kath and Kim. Not cars. You're reaching for the knife yet? Edna and Everidge, which doesn't even make sense. I mean, what are you going to have? It sort of dismembered celebrity. Slim and Dusty. Ditto. Although... Now that I stop to think about it, dismembering celebrities is actually uh, quite a bit of fun. Laurel and Hardy is someone with uh, geocultural troubles there. Um, Green Hornet and Cato, ditto. Jay-Z and Beyonce, ditto. <sighs> Look, I can't do this anymore. I just can't. Speaking of uh, lack of imagination, you know... Uh, that article in the Herald I mentioned uh, up the front uh, about, you know, the police uh, warning parents, you know, don't let your kids do anything at all alone. Needless to say, look at the comments on that article. One of the first phrases you'll see is nanny state. Fuck, whatever happened to originality? <laughs> Two days ago, the Australian Information Industry Association held a cloud summit in Canberra. People who had the misfortune of seeing my Twitter stream while that was happening will be pleased to know that I'm going to mention just one incident from that morning from the hell. As usual, the presenters tried to play a video, and as usual, didn't work. So if this body the Australian Information Industry Association, the leaders, apparently, can't even press play on a video and get it to work. Why the fuck are we listening to their views about technology at all? Good evening. I'm still Gary, and welcome to The Edict, and thank you for joining us. 
Apparently the best thing about cooking is that you can make television shows about people doing it. Fuck knows why, it just is. And since the 9pm edict tries to stay relevant, here is now, right now, a new food review segment. Today, a close look at a newish product from Rice Growers Limited, who, uh, let me know if I'm going too fast for you here. They grow rice. They also market the rice under the name Sunrise, and they also make things with the rice, such as this. All you need for a quick lunch. Quick snack. Or quick and delicious side. All you need is Sunrise Quick Cups. Fluffy basmati rice, real veggies and loads of flavour in just 40 seconds. New Sunrise flavoured Quick Cups. Another great microwave idea from Sunrise. Well, it's not that great idea that we're going to be reviewing today. We've got something much better. Something a local shopkeeper told me was quite good. A great quick snack. Sunrise Thai Chicken Satay, a two-minute microwave meal rather than 40 seconds, so that's three times as sophisticated as the flavoured quick cups, right? Here's what it says on the box. Sunrise invites you to experience the authentic flavours of Thai cooking, made with fresh aromatic spices and succulent chicken served with fluffy white jasmine rice. Is that fluffy rice again? I've never actually found rice to be fluffy. I mean, you know, when you're kind of cleaning out the clothes dryer at the end of, you know, doing all the socks and things, there's that fluff things, you know, you get fluff from the carpet. I mean, would you want to eat that? I mean, would you describe rice in that way if you wanted people to eat it? As uh, you listen on, you'll uh, soon discover that there are further reasons to be concerned about the judgment of sunrise. There's photographs on the uh, box too, actually, of the, that fluffy bowl of rice, uh, plus the fresh aromatic spices. There's garlic and uh, I think that's galangal there and uh, chilli and lemongrass. And open the box and what we have is, as it lists, one pouch jasmine rice, 160 grams, one pouch Thai chicken satay sauce, 160 grams, one microwave tray and plastic spoon. Survival kit contents check. In them you'll find 145 caliber automatic, two boxes of ammunition, four days concentrated emergency rations, one drug issue containing antibiotics, morphine, vitamin pills, pep pills, sleeping pills, tranquilizer pills, one miniature combination Russian phrase book and Bible, $100 in rubles, $100 in gold, nine packs of chewing gum, one issue of prophylactics, three lipsticks, three pair of nylon stockings. Shoot, a fella could have a pretty good weekend in Vegas with all that stuff. So what you do is you stick the thing in the microwave oven for two minutes. And what you get out at the end is really two separate substances. And when I say separate substances. I mean separate from any other kind of substance that you might find in a kitchen ever. The allegedly fluffy white rice is dry and tasteless. The satay chicken is, well, let's start with the chicken. 
if you can find it. I mean, I believe I found two small cubes of something that I took to be intended to be chicken. Though the texture was, well, I suppose it's more like it's stuff they use to make egg cartons. Uh, the taste was not like chicken, which in itself is an amazing trick because apparently everything tastes like chicken. I mean, everything from crocodile to emu to alien toads to groupies to sump oil to kind of granite, it all, you know, tastes like chicken. And that's when kind of I saw the fine print. You see, it's not chicken satay. You know, it's not Thai chicken satay. It's Thai chicken satay sauce. So the whole thing is rice with sauce or, or alleged rice with alleged sauce. Now, how is this even possible? That's what I want to know, because when you actually look at the ingredients list for this, and uh, here I must thank uh, Neil Gardner, who uh, braved a number of supermarkets to go and take a photograph of the box so I could get the uh, ingredients list, because I, I was so disgusted when I ate this thing that, uh, I mean, I ripped off the front of the box or the back of the box or something to, to have some of the descriptions, but I forgot to grab the bit with the uh, ingredient list. So, uh, Neil, thank you for taking care of this. Um, and I should say thank you also for taking a wide shot of the shelf, which shows the other varieties uh, available here, and below it, Spam. And I did not know that apart from Spam and the amazing concept of Spam Light that you can also get spam bacon, spam turkey, and other kinds of spam. Uh, insert that song here. I couldn't be asked. It's so bloody obvious. Anyway. So you look at the ingredient list, and here's what you have. Cooked rice, 50%. That's presumably by weight of the stuff in the box. Uh, brackets, water, milled jasmine rice, which just means it's kind of got the, the kernel ground off rice bran oil fair enough sauce <laughs> yes and then in brackets the sauce contains chicken 15 percent really water coconut extract peanuts sugar shallot lemongrass fish sauce which is made of anchovy and salt soybean oil galangal garlic spices which then says in bracket wheat flour i didn't know wheat flour was a spice shrimp paste and then in brackets Crustacea, yes, that's the usual kind of shrimps, the crustacean ones. And that shrimp paste contains shrimp, which is good, and salt, like shrimp paste contains. Even the crustacean kind of shrimp paste is made of shrimp and salt. Tamarind extract and more salt. And then there's a warning that it contains peanuts, fish, soybean, wheat and crustacea products, which, yes, I know, we just read the fucking ingredients list. And it's made in a plant, by which they mean a factory. It's not made in a plant. Chicken is not made in a plant. It's made in a fucking chicken or in an egg. I'm not sure which comes first. The plant also produces foods containing egg, tree nuts, sesame seed and milk products. So, look, that's, that's the thing. They're the ingredients. I mean, that's what you, you do to make a satay sauce. That's what you put in it. But I am thoroughly intrigued. How do you take all that stuff and turn it into something that, uh, look, and I must warn you of this, something that goes in one particular dark shade of brown and it comes out exactly the same shade of brown some eight hours later. Uh, look, if you're a doctor, 
Um, I didn't actually look up the time that it takes something to transit the gut and come out later. And I'm not the sort of person who keeps a logbook of when I do poos. I mean, I find that just a little bit weird. So if you'd like to look that up, I mean, how long it takes things to go through the gut, you can look that up yourself. Now, I suppose I should have seen the warning signs on the packet. Right up on the top right, they list three key features with nice little red ticks next to them. Protein source, tick. Well, yes, but I mean, protein source, I mean, you're dead pigeon in the rainwater tank is a protein source. Semen is a protein source. Heat and serve. Tick. Yes. Uh, And convenient pantry storage. Tick. Which means what? That it's in a box? That's convenient. The rice grains are not loose in a big tub in the supermarket when you go to buy it, but like in the box. Well, I suppose that's convenient. Uh, The box doesn't have sharp spikes on it or bear traps or nasty sticky substances that get all over your fingers and cause them to soil the paperwork in the office. Well, that's good. It's none of that. That's convenient. Um, You know, the more I read about this product, actually, the more I've become concerned and that calls for an edict. This is edict number 18. Food in a box that gets microwaved, do not ever. Yeah, that's all the edict for now. If you want to leave a comment, go to the website, type it in. If you want to leave an audio comment, not that anyone ever does, Skype just to Ligurian or phone Sydney plus 61280113733. The next edict will be whenever I bloody well get around to it, because this is the 9pm edict. Bugger off. Bugger off.